Listener supported. WNYC Studios. I'm Carrie Nolan. It's Monday, February 20th, and time for WQXR's Washington Report Online. Joining us now, as he does every Monday, is David Sanger, Chief Washington Correspondent for The New York Times. Good morning, David. Morning, Carrie. David, The Times lost a great reporter last week in Anthony Shadid, who died in Syria. He was lauded for the depth of his reporting as well as for the poetry of his dispatches. You were competitors for many years and then colleagues when he joined the Times. What made him so special? You know, Carrie, I think we've all been trying to think this through in the past few days since we've heard of this great tragedy. And, you know, in the many tributes I've read, uh, Tony, a, a lot of people have talked about that poetry you referred to and to his empathy and his ability to drill down to the stories of individuals whose lives were upturned by war or by revolution. And he always managed to make a broader point about the society he was writing about or the region. You know, I I think that Secretary of State Clinton put it best the other day when she said that she always took his stories and put them aside so that she could read them when she really had a moment to savor them and, and could absorb them. But the underlying lesson, I think, of Tony's professional life, and a lesson that we forget so easily in these days of blogging and Twittering, is that there's no substitute for real reporting. And real reporting means you have to go to the story. And he did that so often, not in a cavalier way. He planned out his trips to these dangerous corners of the Middle East so meticulously, but in an incredibly courageous way, because he knew that there was nothing that could substitute telling the stories that were on the ground. David, the situation in Syria has prompted Senators John McCain and Lindsey Graham to call for arming the rebels there. Does that make sense? Well, you know, I think that arming the rebels is something that uh, appeals greatly to Americans who are frustrated that there's really no international intervention in Syria that's been terribly successful. But it's a very difficult thing to do. It ends up putting a lot of arms into a country where you don't know how things are going to turn out. And remember, this is exactly what we did in Afghanistan during the uh, Soviet occupation. And, of course, many of those weapons ended up being used against American troops uh, 10, 12 years later. Senators McCain and Graham have laid out a series of diplomatic, humanitarian, and military aid proposals. But why are so many people saying that we don't have a military option in Syria the way we did in Libya? I think there's several reasons, Carrie. I mean, the first is geographic. In Libya, you had easy access to the country from the sea. There were big, broad, open areas of desert where uh, you could go in and basically bomb the government troops that were moving in on Benghazi and so many other cities. Uh, in Syria, the geography is entirely different. These battles are taking place in very crowded cities, street by street, places like homes where the chances of collateral damage are enormous. And then there's the diplomatic reality that uh, so far the United Nations has not provided an authorization to go in. The Russians and the Chinese have blocked it. It's been enormously frustrating to the Obama administration and to many others. But if you believe in the essential rule that in the end you have to have United Nations authorization, I think it would be very difficult for the U.S. and its allies to go in absent of that, and still maintain that the system is working uh, the way it was intended to work. 
Finally, David, here at home there are questions about whether Mitt Romney can win the GOP presidential primary in Michigan next Tuesday. Is Romney in trouble if he loses there? And, and if he does, what does that mean for Rick Santorum? Well, I think Romney is in big trouble if he loses Michigan, uh, in part because it was uh, such a, a critical part of his upbringing. Of course, his, his father uh, operated from Michigan for so many years and, and really built his fame there. It's also significant that Mitt Romney, two and a half years ago, when the auto bailout was being debated, made the case that uh, General Motors and Chrysler should both be allowed to go immediately into bankruptcy without government aid. And, uh, of course, they did go into bankruptcy, but they went into it and emerged from it with considerable government aid and with the government taking a, a position in those companies. I think many people in Michigan are remembering that now, and they're seeing that the comeback of these car companies has been uh, pretty strong, uh, going in a direction that uh, Romney clearly wouldn't. And I think that's beginning to cut into his reputation as the savvy business leader that he maintains uh, others in the campaign or not. Um, if he doesn't win, though, I think there are many in the party who believe that Santorum would have a very difficult time being a general election candidate. And this could well um, throw open either the convention or a search in the Republican Party before the convention for yet some more alternative candidates. Hard to believe. Thanks a lot, David. Thank you, Kerry. New York Times Chief Washington Correspondent David Sanger. I'm Kerry Nolan, and that's The Washington Report on Classical 105.9 FM, WQXR.